0: Welcome to part four of the Way of the Spirit and Network Knowledge's podcast talking about Jesus' baptism according to Mark's Gospel. This talk is delivered to you by Richard George of the Way of the Spirit and for more information visit www.thewayofthespirit.com Well welcome to uh, session four of our walk through the baptism of Jesus at the Jordan according to Mark and with a bit of help from Luke occasionally and maybe elsewhere too. And we've got as far as the Spirit descending upon Jesus. And we've been speaking about the equipping that needed to take place in Jesus' life for the ministry that he was called to do. We all need equipping for what we're called to do. None of us can fulfil that which God calls us to in our own strength, out of our own natural giftedness, uh, or by trying harder. And it's a great lesson we all have to learn, isn't it? And we often go in cycles, learning over and over again at an even deeper level this time that actually God is calling us to lay down our own self-effort so that he can come forth from our life in even greater glory and power and impact. And so today I want to move on uh, and look at these words that that Jesus' Father in heaven spoke to him. We've seen that he's, he's come out of the water, the Spirit ascended like a dove, heaven's been torn open, and then we have this voice coming from heaven. Voice came from heaven. Verse 11 of Mark 1. A voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Wow. What a moment for Jesus the man. What a moment for any man. And please, when I say man I mean woman as well. What a moment for anybody. That they would have this encounter with God where they heard the voice of God, whether anyone else heard it or not is irrelevant. Jesus heard the voice of God speaking to him. The audible voice, uh, if you take it on on surface value, reading it, it sounds like it's an audible voice. I personally have never heard the audible voice of God, except through a preacher. (laughs) I've never heard the direct audible voice of God. I know many people say they have, and I don't disbelieve them but here's jesus hearing the audible voice of his father from heaven you are my son whom i love and with you i'm well pleased isn't it wonderful when our fathers affirm us isn't it wonderful when god affirms us and you know god is our father when we're born again we're born into a new family this time a a different family whether or not we knew our earthly father we now have a new father in heaven and we have new brothers and sisters And we have new DNA flowing through our blood, that of the Holy Spirit. Uh, And Jesus himself is not ashamed to call us brother, it says in Hebrews. And so we're in a new family. And so here's Jesus receiving the affirmation from the Father in heaven, from God. Uh, You are my son, not just my servant, not just someone who's going to do something for me, but you're my son. Isn't it wonderful that God has revealed himself to us as a father? He could have said, I'm just a great God, you know, that would have done, wouldn't it? We'd We'd have gone along with that okay, we'll serve you, you're the great God, you created everything, we don't mind. But he didn't. He said, I want you to know me as Father. That's amazing. That God had created everything wants us to know him as Father. But anyway, that's jumping ahead a bit because that's talking about us. But this is Jesus. And that you are my son whom I love. And with you I'm well pleased. I mean, you know, our fathers can tell us they love us, but we don't always get the impression they're pleased with us. But here's God affirming him. He doesn't just love him, he likes him. He's pleased with him. And so this is really a, a great spiritual moment, if you like, for Jesus. To encourage him and to launch him out onto his, into his ministry. A moment to treasure and a moment to remember. But what do these words mean that God has spoken? Well, it, w- it won't surprise you to know that he's actually quoting, pretty much quoting anyway, from two separate Old Testament places. He's not just saying this as something nice to say. He's saying it out of the context of two Old Testament passages. And these two Old Testament passages are themselves in a context and full of rich meaning. And so to people who understood their Bibles at the time, or well, their Old Testaments because that's all there was, and Jesus certainly would have understood his, having spent his whole life with the Holy Spirit teaching him about it, he'd have been very familiar with it. The moment his father would have spoken these things, it would have twigged exactly where these things were coming from. And what his father was talking about. And so let's just look at them. Psalm 2. Well, just look at verse 2. The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. That's what Messiah means, anointed one. Uh, so there's a sense this is a sort of what they call a messianic psalm. It's relating to the one who's anointed by God. Whether he's talking about the king of the time or the Messiah that's to come, you can take your pick. Let us break their chains, they say, and throw off their fetters. The one enthroned in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he rebukes them in his anger and terrifies them in his wrath, saying, I have installed my king on Zion, my holy hill. I'll proclaim the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've become your father. Okay, now we haven't got time to examine the whole film, but, but can we see that the context is one who's to come who will be king, who will be anointed, and who is the son of the of, of, of God. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your inheritance. Not just Israel, but the whole world. The ends of the earth, your possession. You will rule them with an iron scepter, and dash them to pieces like pottery. He's talking about kingship. He's talking about authority. He's talking about sonship. He's talking about the future, Zion, anointing. He's talking about... Jesus, whether he realised that at the time. The fact that the Father is now speaking these words to Jesus at the time of his baptism uh, would be speaking to Jesus and reminding him of this psalm. You are this person who the psalmist wrote about. Okay, But also, look at Isaiah 42. Here is my servant. Now, Isaiah speaks in various places about a servant who is to come. All right? So we're already seeing we've looked we looked at Joel earlier we saw this this expectation of the spirit that's going to be poured out. We glanced at Malachi at the expectation of someone coming in the prophetic a ministry a bit like elijah and we've looked at the ki- the king that's expected the anointed one is going to come as king and now isaiah is going to, expecting a servant to come there are lots of different strands of expectation in the old testament about the thing that god is going to do in the future uh, and no one view probably on exactly how god's going to do that and certainly no one view that gets it all right <laughs> Uh, in any way at all because Jesus comes in his messiahship which is a different sort of messiahship entirely than that they were expecting but let's stick to to what his father is saying to him at this time here is my servant whom i uphold my chosen one in whom i delight i'm well pleased with him i will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations and i'd love to now just go on and read that whole passage because it's so full of rich meaning for Jesus' ministry and what was to come in the kingdom of God. But let's just limit ourselves, because time is short, and go back to Mark. So the Father is saying, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. And in speaking that, he's really uh, bringing a mixture of revelation from these two passages in the Old Testament. Psalm 2 and Isaiah 42. And what's he saying? So he's saying, uh, Isaiah 42, the servant who's to come. Jesus, you are this servant. The one who I've showed you so often when you've read Isaiah as a boy and as a young man, as an adult, you used to read Isaiah and I used to show you and give witness of your spirit that that, that this was something to do with you and then finally, this is it. You need to understand today, this is you. I'm taking a bit of license to sort of work out how it might have happened in Jesus' life. But if he didn't know prior to this point, he certainly knew at this point what his father was saying. You are the servant who Isaiah is talking about. But you're not just the servant, because in Psalm he's talking about a king. You're also the king. You're the servant king. You are the one that they've been waiting for. You are the one on whom I'm going to put my spirit. You're the anointed one, the Messiah. Get ready. We could go, go for years wrestling with our calls and our ministries, working out what's happening. We have a sense of this from God and a sense of that and we read this. We, and then suddenly it all synthesizes together. We see it clearly. Okay, yeah, I've got it. This is what you're saying. Huh? I know. You write it down. This is it. And it's a wonderful moment. It's a wonderful moment of affirmation. from your, You feel sort of just great, don't you? Because you know what, who you are. I mean, the world wants you to know who you are by doing all your personality tests and counselling and things. But... Actually, the way to know who you are, really, is to look up to God and hear who he says you are. That's the way to know your identity. That's the way to know who you are. Find out who God is and find out what he says about you. And walk in it. Many people spend many years trying to find themselves. In an instant, we can know who we are when we look into the eyes of Jesus when we hear the words that God speaks to us and when it's a, a mountaintop like this and a, and a clarity, and an affirmation like this sort of moment then it can change everything in a moment that's what I love about teaching the word of God it can change everything in a moment for somebody's life it's nothing to do with person teaching it's to do with what God wants to do It is age old way is to preach his word to teach his word and let the Holy Spirit witness it to people he's speaking something different to all of you right now Anyone listening to this? He's speaking something different to you. He's speaking something uniquely to you about who you are, about who he is, about how he knows you intimately, how he's called you, and how he's equipping you for, for that which he's calling you to do. And so Jesus gets his, his, his if you like, his, his manifesto, his, his, his call becomes clear at this point. And so it's a real mountaintop experience at the Jordan, as he's baptized, and as his father calls him to service. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on the Way of the Spirit, visit www.thewayofthespirit.com.